welcome to this week's teaching from Exchange Church in the heart of Belfast. I'm just going to speak a, a few words over you all this morning. So I, I don't know what your experience is. I don't know if you're used to church or not used to church. But generally, what happens now is I just like to take a couple of hours to um, see that got your attention, didn't it? All those people are like, oh my word. You're now back in the room. I'm only joking. It's not a couple of hours. It's probably about 55 to 60. I'm not, I'm kidding again. I know, but it's really important. When we come to church, what we do is we, we, we worship God together because, you know, in your life, you're going to worship someone or something. You're going to give your life to someone or something. And uh, we believe that actually only, we only find our real sense of fulfillment in who we are uh, when we give our lives fully to the one who made us, and that's Jesus. And so, and then we gather under his words. And I want to speak a word over, over David and Darren and, and Rachel and Jen and over, and over the kids. But it's also a word for you this morning because it strikes me that <clears throat> the days that we're living in, you, see, if you, if you come to this morning, uh, all of us, and we go, well, what, what is the kind of the point of this? Is this just, this is brilliant, speak a wee thing over the kids and that's it. Um, I think we kind of miss the point. T- today is really, really important because today is actually about reaffirming and reminding ourselves that there are greater promises written over our lives, Okay. There are lots of things that come into your life that try to pull you one way or the other, try to get your heart, try to get your attention. You know, isn't it amazing how, I've, I've little voice on me because number one, I've been sick, but number two, uh, I was watching rugby yesterday, pretty bad, okay? You know, my kids, I've got two girls uh, and a boy, uh, but the girl's like, daddy, shh. You know, it's like, you can't help it, but I'm, I'm struggling this morning. Um, but there you go. But isn't it funny that even when you switch on the TV these days, it's like, like if, you're, if you're not mildly depressed before you switch on the TV, flip me. There, give it five minutes. I was, I was driving into, I was going to see a client of a business as well. I was going to see a client this week. I put on, I'm going to say Radio Ulster in the morning. Hope nobody works for Radio Ulster. If you do, wise up, right? Because within three minutes, I think I was broke the world was going to end. We're running out of gas. Did anyone hear that one? Interest rates are going to be 9 million percent, and we're all going to be living in caves by next July. There you go. That was it summarized. And I thought, flipping heck, what a way to start. Whoa, brilliant. Let's get going and start the day. Totally depressing, right? And so what happens is, the, the, but those things, whenever we hear them, they, they impact on us. I don't know about you. The way through COVID, just this constant diet of negativity. And I know that was a really tough season, but there are promises. The thing about dedicating babies, right, and uh, speaking words over them is about reminding ourselves that actually when it comes to the word of God and the promise of God, there are bigger and greater promises written over uh, Teddy's life, over Noah's life, and over our lives today. You get that? It's good news. It gets your head up out of all the negativity and onto the one who sits above it all. His name is Jesus. All right, And so I want to say that, and there's precedent for what we're doing today. If you go back to the Bible in 1 Samuel 27, we read the story of a woman called Hannah. And Hannah was a godly woman, but she, she couldn't have children. And she cried out to the Lord for years and years. And Penny and I know what that journey is like, to cry to God for kids when you can't have them. And we've been through that journey. It's a painful journey. It's a hard journey. It causes you to think about lots of things on the inside. And, you know, we have three children now. And I said to the Lord a number of years ago, don't give me any more. I've had enough. Right? Three's fine. And, uh, you know, it's not right. We love them, but we just don't want any more of them, is what, kind of what I'm trying to say. And, uh, but at that journey, Hannah, Hannah was a godly woman. And, and what happened is, if you read in 1 Samuel 27, 28, she says, I prayed for this child. And so after years of, of saying, Lord, you know what? I don't want to be barren. I don't want to not have kids. 
you know, the Lord answers her prayer. She has a, a child called Samuel, and she takes him to the temple. And you can read about it and says, this is her. She said, I prayed for this child, and the Lord granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord, for his whole life shall be given over. Or the word there is dedicated. And if you look at what that word actually means, that, like what we've done today, dedicating, the actual word means to kind of lend back. It's a funny word, isn't it? It's almost like, I'm going to lend him back to the Lord. And then she worshiped the Lord, it says there. And so you see the same in Luke 2 when Jesus, actually when he's a bit older, he goes back to the temple and his parents dedicate him. So there's a sense of what we're doing today is about saying, Lord, everything good in our lives comes from you. Every promise you've written over our lives is from you. It's not because of what we can do. It's because of who you are. And today, like these wee babies are a gift. They're a total gift, right? There will be days and any parent will know where you will be climbing the walls, Right? But it doesn't change one moment of going, I would give my life for this little one. They're such a gift from God. And what we do today is we say, Lord, thank you for blessing us with these kids. And today what we do, in, in the sense of lending back, it's not like going, here you go, um, on the days that, it, uh, you know, I can't do it. You can have them. That's not what it's about. It's about saying, Lord, over his life, over his life, over Teddy's life, over Noah's life, over your life today, Father, I position myself, I put myself in the place where I can receive every promise that you write over me. All right? It's funny, I was thinking whenever Ben, who's our eldest, heard that Penny was pregnant with Hope, who, uh, it's funny, it's that thing of lending back, it just made me laugh because whenever Hope was born, Ben, I don't know, he's maybe six at the time, and uh, I think it was first day back, wasn't it? It was like, you know those photos you get, have a wee cuddle with your sister and all that? And so he gave her a wee cuddle, and then he came back and went, dandered into the kitchen sometime afterwards and went, I've been thinking about this. Uh, I don't think it's going to work. <laughs> I said, what do you mean? It's not going to work. It's not going to work. Um, you know, she needs to go back, basically. All right, he said, like, one cuddle was enough, and then she needs to go back. And it was funny, right? And, uh, you know, we can't give them back. We're, you know, it's not like we're stuck with them. We love them. But it's really good to know as parents there are greater promises written over their lives today. Can I tell you what that means for you? There's a verse in the Bible which I love. You find it in Matthew 7. It says, if you then who are evil, now that word evil means, uh, when you look at it, doesn't mean like you're out doing, you know, it just means if you're far from God, right, or even if you're, you're, not, you're not totally righteous before God, acceptable to God is what the, that word means. If you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? And that's what I want to quickly talk about just this morning. I want to encourage you today with a reminder of these promises that are written over your life. Some of you might not even realize the promises that God has written over your life today, but I want to remind you of them because see tomorrow when the rain's lashing off the windows and you don't know which way to turn, we need to be able to go to something outside of ourselves and that is God himself, the one who made us and go, what do you say about who I am and what do you say about my life? Because that will never change, and it's always good. Do you know? Do you know the problem with promises? As you know, like promises. Like when you say I promise you something, who's ever had a promise broken? Right? Who's ever broken a promise? Well, not me. I mean, of course you have. Right? We all know what it's like, don't we? So whenever we hear the word promises, what we do is we put it through our our own human mental factors, and we go, well, that doesn't mean very much, because I know that. I have said many times, I promise you that I'll do that. And I might have really meant it at the time when I said it, but for any number of reasons, I wasn't able to fulfill it and do it, right? Does that make me bad? I think it just makes me human, right? You all, know, you all understand that. We all know what it's like. 
But actually, when God says, I promise you, it's absolutely nothing like what we say whenever we promise. The actual word is, if you break it down, I, I like words, okay? I'm a bit of a geek that way. Prometere, it means to send something forward. So when God says, I promise, what he's saying is, I'm sending something forward into your life. So that's why with babies today, when we dedicate them and we speak God's goodness over them, what we're doing is actually like we're sending it forward into their lives. Do you get that? We're sending it into their future. A promise of, of wholeness, a promise of strength, a promise of healthiness, a promise of God's peace in their lives, a promise of, of God's goodness in their lives. And when we speak it out right now, what God says in his promise is you almost like send it forward into the days that they're going to walk into. And what, here's what's really interesting about these promises. I mean, God is a God of promise. Um, but the actual, if I define it for you, it means it's a declaration, something that you say or you can write, and it's made from one person to another. Now listen to this. It binds the person who makes it. Either, so it doesn't bind the person who receives it. So when God speaks over your life a promise of goodness, you don't need to be afraid about what's going to happen this winter. You don't need to be afraid about getting sick because he's the God who heals you. When he speaks that promise, he's not binding you. He's binding himself to the word that he spoke. Do you get that? This is really important. And he says, and says, either in honor or conscience or law, to forbear a certain act specified. This is just a, a, normal, a normal definition. A declaration which gives the person to whom it is made, that's you and me, a right to expect or to claim the, for, the performance or forbearance of the act. Right, let me put that, join, join that in like proper language, right? Not 18th century Webster language. What that means is, see when God says something over your life, he's bound by it. The Bible tells us that he can't lie. So when God says he loves you, and he loves you all the time, he cannot change his mind. Why? He's bound himself to a promise. We have no clue what that's like. I can be up and down like a fiddler's elbow depending on my emotional state on any one day. You get that? The Lord never is. He's the same yesterday, it says in Hebrews, today, yesterday, today, and forever. But here's what's really interesting. When he speaks the word, he is bound by it. And then it says, we can then stand and expect God to do what he said. Isn't that amazing? And you might think, how on earth could I, being me, ever expect God to do anything for me? Do you have any clue what my life is like? Do you know what my history is? Do you know what I'm into or what I've done and who I've done it with? Do you not know what I think? And actually, what, this is why we love the grace of God in this church. Grace just means God loves you independent of what you do. The world will only tell you you are loved because of what you do. If you behave right, you're okay. If you think right, you're okay. If you do the right thing, you're okay and we'll accept you. God drives a flipping horse and cart. That was really nearly difficult to say that. Cart and horse, whatever. He drives right through the middle of that today and goes straight to the middle of your life and says, I loved you first. I've always loved you. From the moment you were even younger than Teddy and Noah, when you were just a wee glint, when you were just there, in that moment, I decided that I would love you first. 
And the world will tell you and religion will tell you, you're only as good as your last performance. You're only as good as your last prayer. You're only, and God says, no, none of that applies. In Jesus, when you come to Jesus, it's called a covenant of grace. That's what Jesus brought. He says, I love you first. And you can't perform your way into me loving you. And you can't perform your way out of me loving you. Why? Because I bind myself to a promise that every day of your life, I would love you. Isn't that amazing? It's outrageously good news. The world hasn't a clue. The world has no hope today. Why? Because it's only bound in what it can do. I do this, therefore I get. I don't do this, therefore I get. I can only expect very little, or I can only expect what my hands can produce. And the God of grace steps into your world today and says, I've written promises over your life. Those promises were never about you and how good you were. Those promises were never about what you could do. Teddy and Noah, every day of your life, if you are in Christ, every day of your life, God has bound himself to a declaration over you too that he is God, that he is good. He will never cease working his goodness in those wee lives. Amen? That gives me hope. See, as a parent, you know what I feel sometimes? I feel like a complete... You know, kids have a really brilliant way of making you feel weak, don't they? Anyone? There'll be parents here going, no, not a chance. I'm just super parent. You know, like flipping. My kids get up and wash poor people and all before breakfast and have the housework done and the ironing. Can I get you breakfast? All right. If your house is the Waltons, fair play to you. All right. My house is not. All right. And uh, it's a great house. But flip me. It's just a house, right? Normal house and home with kids. And some days you just go, flipping heck. I don't know what to do. Right? I remember a friend from Holland saying to me, a pastor friend in Holland, he said, Andrew, God loves your kids more than you could ever love them. So stop stressing, give them to the Lord, dedicate them, lend them back to him, and just rest and know that every single day he's working on the promise that he spoke. And so we can all go, Phew. not good? Because I think, I think I need to help the Lord love my kids. You know, like, I know, I know you're really good, Lord, but here, you need a wee hand this way. No, you don't. You just need to rest in the promise and the goodness of God. I've got about five or six minutes. Is that okay? Um, in case the visitors are going, flip sick. Your man. He wasn't lying about the R. <laughs> I, suppose, I suppose today what's really important is, it, for, for me, when I think about raising kids, and even, like, even raising kids is one thing but just doing life in the world that we have right now, right? Never mind the kids. What about the big grown-ups? <laughs> and we go, where, where does hope and confidence for tomorrow come from? I want to say to you this morning that whatever your history has been and wherever you've come from, you can have confidence. If you, if you come to Jesus, it's all accessed through the finished work of Jesus Christ. It's not your performance. It's not just talk about God or spirituality. There was a, God became flesh, and he walked amongst us. His name is Jesus. And he took everything that would separate us from God the Father. And he took it on himself. And he took it away from us. And so that we would never have to live in the consequences of all of the mess that we make. And so all of these promises, do you know that there are over 7,700 promises in the word of God written over your life? Isn't that crazy? So I was thinking this week, I can either listen to that balloon on Radio Ulster who has me totally depressed, right? 
awful. And, um, and then I went on another radio station. It was awful. And then I just felt the Lord say, switch it off. Right? Or I can listen. 7,700 or 365. That's like loads of promises every day, isn't it? Like 20, maybe? Around about 20 promises. I should listen to 20 promises that God speaks over me as opposed to 15 minutes of complete depressingness from the world. Right? And it's not like I live in a cave. Like you Christians, you live in a cave and you know, you're not doing real life. I do as much real life as, as the rest of you. But it was just about where my focus is because I, I have to really understand that if I want hope for tomorrow, that everything that I need for tomorrow is not going to be found in me. It's going to be found in this wonderful grace gift that comes from Jesus. And if I can encourage you today, God's promises over your life are, you know, they're not about your yesterday necessarily, other, other than your yesterday is dealt with. But it's about your today and it's about your tomorrow. And the reason why God writes promises over your life is so that it lifts your heart up, it lifts your head up, and it helps you to look into tomorrow with a confidence and an expectation that everything is, it's not that it's just going to be all right, it's going to be really blessed. It's not a different way to do life. Let me just, over, over the, the boys, just, I was thinking about some of the really well-known promises that God writes over our lives. In Psalm 139, it says, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Now, what's really interesting when you read these, when God makes a promise, it's not a tease and it's not a false hope. He, he, he writes these things down so that when we hear them and our imagination starts to work, we can start to picture what he's like for us and it gives us hope then that tomorrow is gonna be okay. You see, I don't know what your view of God is. And God has revealed particularly in Northern Ireland in our religious culture in lots of different ways. And even when you go to the word of God, God's revealed lots of different ways. Sometimes he's God the creator. Sometimes God the judge. Sometimes he can be uh, God the righteous. There's all these words, right? God the avenger, God the whatever. Do you know when Jesus came? All of those names of how God was revealed, and whatever your religious experience is up until this point, when Jesus came, he came to reveal what he described as the ultimate expression of who God is, and that's Father. You get that? So protector, healer, all these other things are all kind of rounded up into, into one big revelation, which is Jesus is your Father. And it's not that if you go, I, I, my earthly father wasn't brilliant, okay? Jesus is not like, you know, anything like your earthly father. He's actually the perfection of fatherhood and what it looks like. And so what's interesting for me is in all of these verses, what you see is like God's father heart for you, his love for you and his goodness for you. And he writes these, these promises down and so that we can picture them in our minds. Listen to this, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you what? Give you hope and give you a future. And then he says in Psalm 35, 27, great is God, he delights in the welfare or the prosperity of his servant. Isn't that amazing? Like, I, I don't know what you're thinking today, but see over these wee lives today, what we've done in dedicating them is we've said, you've got a hope. You've got a future. God delights when you are prospered. We all know what it's like, to, what prosperity looks like, right? Healthy, fit, provided for, having meaning and purpose and connection. You know, everything going well, that's God's heart for people. And he absolutely loves it. 
And he speaks it over those kids today and he speaks it over us. And he says, because, and, and here's the thing, let me say this in finishing. None of that is to do with you. It's because I bound myself to the word that I spoke. And it says in Hebrews 6, it's impossible for God to lie. So that's what promise means today on a day of dedication. You know, for the, some of you who are believers in this room, I would really encourage you, right? Don't just do what everyone else does. If today is a reminder for you to go, am I focused and set my heart set upon the promises that God has spoken over my life? Or who's driving my life? What words are driving my life? What, um, what emphasis am I giving to? What am I leaning into? Remember last week I said in First Thessalonians, it says lean towards grace and from that place receive and then declare that his grace works well. I know for me that my head goes down and my heart goes down and life becomes tougher whenever my heart and my attention is on everything and everyone else other than the one who made me and what he spoke over me. Do you get that? Do you ever find yourself running like your head going into next week, the week after, the days after? What's going to happen here? What about that? What about the other? No? These are all like really chilled or something, like zen-like. I should get you up preaching. Anyone, you know what it's like when your, your head is going like a million miles an hour and like I'm worrying today about three weeks from now. <laughs> okay, good. Some of you are normal. The rest of you are just whatever. Then the Lord comes to you today and he goes, you know what? All those promises are there and I am unchanging. It's the truth, whether you t- look at it or not. Because the truth is not defined by what you think it is. It's defined by who I am. There is an ultimate truth over your life. And if you give your heart and your attention to it, you'll find love and peace coming. Do you know, there's a verse in Isaiah that says, if you keep your mind on the Lord and on his promise, you'll live in perfect peace. I love that. So what I do in my life is when I'm not in perfect peace, guess where my heart is and my mind is? Everywhere else. The Lord says, keep your mind on me. Keep your mind. That's not like just doing this. That'd be weird doing that all day, right? It's about going when my head and my heart are going elsewhere. I speak those promises back over me. I know the plans you have for me, hope in a future. And so what it does is it takes the worries of three weeks from now and it brings them to, the, to today. And the Lord says, you've got grace for today. You don't have grace for two weeks. You've got grace for today. You'll get through to the end of today and say, God was good today. You get up tomorrow morning, you do the same. And you shrink those worries right down. Amen. Is that helpful? And if you've never, ever known that, if you're sitting here this morning and you've never had an encounter with Jesus, then we would love to pray with you this morning. Because I can tell you this, I, in my <coughs> 30 odd years of life, right? <laughs> Stop lying. He's lying in the pulpit. Isn't that terrible? <laughs> 40 something years of life. Right? Um, I have, I've known good times, bad times, and everything else in between. But my life was radically changed whenever I encountered a God. I was brought up in church, right, in religion. And it turned me right off, and it made me sick until I encountered the God who loves me and his finished work of, God, of his grace in my life. And I can say I've got hope for tomorrow even though many of the way that I live my life every day is far from anyone's definition of perfect. But what I realize is I don't need to be perfect. Why? Because I have Jesus and he is perfect for me. 
And so then I have confidence every day to go, it's not about me, actually. Religion says it's about you and what you do for God. God says it was all about me loving you first and giving you my son and his work. He's perfect for you. Can you earn it? No, just receive it. It's offensive to our minds at times because we need to, you only, it's only worth something if you can earn it. No, and Jesus says, no, that's not it at all. You just receive it and you receive grace every day. And if you've never received grace, if you've never encountered God in that way, we would love to pray for you. If there's something in your heart this morning that goes, I would love to know this God that you're talking about. I would love to have peace for tomorrow. I would love to encounter like a, a, a different paradigm for my life to kind of find out what this is all about. Then we will pray for you at the end of today's service. We would love to do that. Because God loves you. God, whether you know it or not, accept it or not, believe it or not, there are better promises written over your life today, written by the God of grace. Amen. Why don't we all stand together? And uh, what we do, if, if you, uh, we're, we're going to head towards the end of our service here this morning. And you should have, if you want to take communion with us, you're very welcome. Now, I, whatever, whatever background you're coming from or whatever your belief is in this, one of, one of the things that... Um, about communion, there's a, a wafer and a thing. Can't get it open. Juice. Right. And when we take communion together, what we do is we... Uh, this, is, this is a picture, okay? It's simply a picture of the work of Jesus. The, the wafer, the, the bread, if you like, represents his body. And Jesus went to a cross and he hung on that cross for you. And his body was actually physically broken. When we read in the word of, of that whole week before and those days before as he was crucified, we can read how his body was broken. And do you know why that was? That was so that we could be whole. So somebody had to be broken so that we could be whole. And Jesus did it for us. We believe that actually Jesus is a healer. I've seen the supernatural power of God move in my, my life, in my family's life. People healed of terminal diseases, all sorts of stuff, simply by the power of prayer and faith to believe that Jesus heals. <clears throat> and so as we take communion today, and you don't need to be in any place, you don't need to be good, or the whole point is your eyes are not on you, your eyes are on what Jesus has done for you. And so we just take this this morning. And when we eat it, we're just saying, Lord, thank you for making me whole. Thank you for making me healthy. Thank you for healing me. And what is, the, what is this about? What's the, the, uh, the juice? It represents Jesus' blood. When he hung on the cross, his blood poured out. Now it says in the Bible, it says that if there's no pouring out of blood, there can't be any, any sin can't be dealt with. There has to be a price paid. Why Jesus is called like a lamb. They used to literally sacrifice animals and then Jesus came as the lamb of God, the one-time sacrifice for all time. And what he did was he poured out his blood. And what that does is, if you will simply believe and receive this morning, sin and sickness and death itself, okay, loses its power over you because his blood makes you acceptable to God. And so all we do is we remind ourselves this morning, Lord, it's not my work, it was your work. This is your work. 
And what do you ask me to do? Earn it? I can't earn it. He just says, take it, receive, and eat. And in doing that, the power of God touches you, touches your body, no matter who you are or where you've come from or whatever's going on. So Father, we take this bread and we eat, Lord, and we say, thank you, Jesus, for your body broken for us. Amen. Father, we take the cup this morning. Father, we thank you that every curse over every life is broken through the work of Jesus. Fear, lack, worry, mental illness, illness in our bodies. Lord, we thank you that you delight when we prosper. Father, that's a great promise for our future. We don't need to be afraid of anything, sickness, diseases, lack, fear, war, because you are the God above it all. And when you died on that cross and poured out your blood, Lord, you set us free from all evil and all the effects of it. So we drink today, Lord, and we say thank you for your work. Thank you that it's made us complete and perfect to you. Amen. What we're going to do, um, the guys are going to come up and lead us in, in worship. Um, I, w- I would encourage you this morning, if, if you do want us to pray with you, just um, just come and, and see us. We'll be standing at the front. But as we sing this last song together, use the words as a, a declaration over your life, a declaration of God's promise, a declaration of his goodness. And I promise you this, every time you look at Jesus, every time you go to him, He never turned anyone away and nobody walked away from him without receiving something. Nobody. If people needed to receive, they received exactly what they needed. And he never turned anyone away. He never said, I'm disappointed with you. He never said, I'm angry with you. He never said, you haven't done enough. He never said, you need to. He just simply showed people the way of love. And so that's what he says over you today. I pray that you'll receive that as we sing this last song. Amen.